Welcome to the Homegrown Podcast, the place where we share the truth about food and farming from our kitchen to yours. I'm your host, Liz Hazelmeyer, along with my husband, Joey. Good afternoon. And together we hope to inspire, educate, and equip you in your pursuit of true nourishment. Today we are sitting down with River Yo, who is a mother, registered nurse, the Weston A. Price chapter leader in Philadelphia, and a certified GAPS practitioner. And if you're unfamiliar with GAPS, it is an acronym that stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome. Um, it is a protocol, a diet, a method of healing that was established originally by a wonderful woman named um, Dr. Natasha. Tasha Campbell McBride. She wrote a book and then several renditions of that book. I own that book. I've read uh, the majority of it. But um, today we're going to sit down with River and she's going to lay out the GAPS diet for us, what gut healing means, um, honestly, what real food means in your healing journey. So whether you're healing from uh, anything as an adult or you're healing your children, it is so versatile. So River, thank you for being on the show with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. I love to tell my story. Yes, we and we want to share that. So we're excited too. Right on. Well, it's it's fascinating because I, sorry, it's awesome because I was t- people like to come up to me and ask me, "Hey, who's what's the next to- topic on the on the podcast? Who are you talking to next?" And I was at my office and I was telling somebody, "Yeah, we're bringing on this this lady. She's named River and she's a gas practitioner." And the excitement that they that was aroused within them as they heard that we were going to talk to somebody about the gaps i I was like i i am excited to learn yeah more about gaps and it's something that is kind of new to me a little bit Mm -hmm. so uh super pumped river super excited to to talk to you and to learn from you but let's start from the beginning take me back to uh to river where did you grow up and um you know tell me about your early childhood thanks for asking (laughs) I was texting my mom before this to try and clarify some actual facts. Because <laughs> it's going on record. Oh, boy. Don't fact check this with my mom. I tried my best. But I didn't have that much time to check all the facts. But yeah, I grew, had three childhoods, basically. One part was out uh, sort of outside the Pocono Mountains in New Jersey um, in the woods. Um, one part in the ghetto, sort of a... Uh, in a kind of grungy area in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Mm. I love you, Elizabeth, if you're out there. <laughs> but it's it's hard there, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially at that time. And uh, one part in the suburbs, 10 minutes away, in a cute little idyllic white picket, mm. white people town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, so you grew up in New Jersey, but in three different areas. Yes. Now you were moving around, I'm guessing. So what what was causing you to move around so much? Yeah, so um, that first bit, my my first memories out in the woods, uh, my parents were uh, youth pastors out in a little church out there, so that's how they ended up there, and at the time, they were just making making very little money (laughs) with Mm -hmm. us four kids, and uh, my mom uh, had a black thumb, that's what she used to say. (laughs) She tried a little gardening, but it didn't work. And um, we had some animals. Oh wow! They were bear. <laughs> oh goodness! But no, no, no real animals. Just some deer and some bear, and they would get into our pumpkins, decorative pumpkins uh, that we would put out. But um, yeah, so we started there, and after nine eleven happened, um, we were 
asked to move our family um, closer to New York City to uh, join a ministry that my grandparents had started. And so, uh, yeah, so we moved from that area um, into uh, the more uh, inner city type setting. And so really the whole time, though, we were on very processed foods. We were in, um, you know, we were on WIC, which is sort of like food stamps for kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, we, my mom didn't have the best relationship with with her mom in the kitchen. And uh, her mom didn't have the best relationship with her mom in the kitchen. But so a lot of those traditional cooking uh, skills were really lost down the line. But yeah, we ate a lot of mini meats and Mm. box cereal and Mm -hmm. uh, it was good. We were grateful. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, so, uh, so, gr- so growing up, you you were eating a lot. Of, you're saying processed foods. Now, do you remember? Do you recall having a meal at that time that was like a favorite meal? My favorite meal was always uh, macaroni and cheese with hot dogs cut up into it. Yes, I I would love to pull the. I wish we could pull the audience because I'm gonna bet like 98 percent of people, at least who grew up like on the east side of the country. Grew up eating hot dogs and mac and cheese. Like I had it once or twice at least. Did you ever grow up eating I, I, it? I, of course I did. Once or twice. I had it all the time. I, I would say though that I was a weird kid that I wanted mine separate. Yeah, so I, I would eat it separate. I had the hot dogs and mm-hmm. I had the mac and cheese. And almost everyone I knew I felt like was really down with cutting it up and throwing it right <laughs> into the mix. And Sometimes putting ketchup on it too. I didn't See, I didn't do any of that. I, yeah. I wanted my hot I dogs and I wanted my mac and cheese. And it was it was good to go. I so. love that you just said ketchup and or sorry, hot dogs and mac and cheese were a, a, a standout meal because if that's any, I don't even know your age, but I'm going to assume if that's someone growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, man, that is quintessential <laughs> right there. I I love that we're getting such a clear snapshot of that. Okay, so you move towards New York City. Um, this ministry, this nonprofit um, that your grandparents started, was that what spurred that on? Obviously, you said it happened right after nine eleven. Can you tell us a little bit about what that programming was? Yeah, so um, they had been around for a while, but when nine eleven happened, the amount of homeless people increased significantly. Um, Mm. I think there's just a lot of trauma. I don't know, uh, in general, in the city. Mm -hmm. We're living in New Jersey. Um, If you live near New York and New Jersey, you know this. Everyone in the northern half of New Jersey commutes to New York. Mm -hmm. Maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour. Usually it takes about an hour. And so even though everyone's living in New Jersey all their dads are like in New York. Mm. So we were like that. But instead of my dad working on Wall Street, he was working uh, with the homeless. Interesting. And it was a mobile soup kitchen, actually. So we would drive into the city with this soup that we made in Jersey and uh, serve it out. It would like, it was this big school bus. It would pop open on the side, like an ice cream truck. And we'd serve soup and bread and we'd have hygiene kits and socks and we'd Mm connect people to resources and i grew up uh serving on that bus a lot oh. um the relief bus wow is that still around today it is that's yeah. incredible if you're ever traveling in new york take a day and uh see the underbelly of new york as well yeah. there's some great people down there <laughs> yeah absolutely what a what a cool ministry that you're did you guys build the bus yourself i think the first bus um 
my grandfather literally just rolled it into some random place. He didn't even know this man, but he said, I feel like I'm just supposed to come here and you're going to help me transform this bus. And he just got a big saw and cut a giant hole in it. Yes. He was like, okay, we just cut a hole in the bus. <laughs> that is amazing. But, uh, it worked. <laughs> now they're a lot more professionally done, I think, but it was just soldered together originally. Hey, I love the original, you know, OG story. It's like the first time we ever, you know, he's telling that story to every single person who sees a bus. That first bus I ever made, we cut yeah. a big old hole yeah. in it. You know, his, it's like the, cl- you, you have, you no have to have, you're gonna do. exactly. You have to have that first story for like your whole rest of your life to make sense. So that's hilarious. Also imagine being that person that just cuts some, a hole. Yeah. In some the guy bus? just rolls in. It wasn't in. even his bus. He was just like, <laughs> just trust me. Like, no, have you done this I, before? I, no, but no. I just, I just feel like this is right. This dude gets out, of, whips out a sawzall, and just starts hacking into the side He's of the going bus. off of whim, man. Wow, yeah, that's my grandfather of... always says, either God is with us or we are lost our minds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is one so of the accurate. other. That's so accurate. Right on. So we're growing up in New Jersey, and we went from the woods to Elizabethtown to the picket fence, right? And um, did. In those kind of like three stages, I feel like those are those really stood out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, which one of those, like, like, so the meal with the hot dog and mac and cheese, did that travel across all three living situations, or was that more pronounced in one of them? And Good if, if if it was different, I'm interested. Well, I the reason we left um, Elizabeth is because my mom actually started to have some serious health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved into a beautiful old house that was historic, but full of mold. Mm. And, uh, so she really struggled. And, um, even when we got rid of the mold, she was still sick and it was this big mystery. What, what's wrong with, with mom? (laughs) And she started going through all these, you know, medical testing to see what it was. And in the meantime, it was also very stressful, so we knew that um, the stress of being in, in that area wasn't ideal. We had a lot of people trying to break into the house all the time, and every night the a security alarm would go off. Mom would like, <gasps> like ah, <laughs> what was this? A lot of you know sirens going down the road, a lot of people screaming, crazy people running down the road screaming in the middle of the night, and uh, you know that doesn't. That quality of sleep isn't so good for your health. So we moved um, at that point, and around that time, she started to change some of what we were eating as well um, to try and uh, come out of it. So she was making the connection between her health and then how she felt or what she was eating. Like she was starting to make that. Yeah, it it was gradual, but yes, I think there was a lot of those documentaries starting to come out the mm-hmm. about juicing and different things like that. So she got a juicer, and um, yeah, eventually my my sister uh, was diagnosed with autism, and so mm-hmm. I think that triggered even more um, looking into food and how that could potentially help. So we went gluten free and dairy free and tried a bunch of things yeah and and it it wasn't really until after we she had already tried so many different meds and so many different specialists that we Mm. started you know looking into food because it wasn't wasn't the uh answer we she had hoped it would have been yeah i it's often the last thing we turn to because 
it's the last advice we're given honestly we have to like exhaust all the other advice mm-hmm. before we go to our food unless we are introduced to the idea that our food is our medicine at an early age and then we are already being raised up with that foundation which is exactly what we're trying to do with our kids but it's a struggle because uh, we went through that same thing yeah Mm-hmm. So I feel that um, about what I love what you're doing with your curriculum for that reason too, yes. not just for your kids, but whatever kids and whatever family is participating in that sort of ed- new education. I mean, I can't believe. Oh, I I'm so happy when I started to take a look at it. I was like, I wish I we had grown up with this. If my mm-hmm. mom had had access to this kind of thing, yeah, but how differently a, we would have grown up. And that's actually a question I was going to ask: is um, when so, so went through the meds, tried a traditional route of mm-hmm. treating the symptoms um, that we're guessing was likely from the mold exposure um, and, and potentially other things. Maybe it was nutrition as well. But there, there where was the – so we went gluten-free. We went dairy-free. We were making these decisions. Uh, first and foremost, what year, if you recall, around what year was this happening? And then also, like, where, where were we getting the, the inspiration for the dietary moves? Oh boy, I'm not good with numbers, so it's difficult for me to say. Probably, ooh. or like what age? Five-ish. Okay. 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 So yeah, good. A good what? Seventeen um, years. When you were sort of on this health. Mm-hmm. It honestly, there were ten years of my childhood when my mom was in and out of being bedridden. Mm. Couldn't walk. She would homeschool us from her bed when we lived in the ghetto because mm-hmm. the school was not so good. We tried the schools, and my sister went to public school. I went to Catholic school, and both of them were just not doing mm. it for us. So she homeschooled us from bed. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then once we moved to the suburbs, we ended up uh, going back to some public school. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I think the... The internet, random mm-hmm. Googling. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly what particular um, thing she was following or reading that led her down that path, but mm. um, she was finding answers somewhere and she I was, was still making a kid, changes. So I don't know. All I knew was <laughs> she was like, My Haley just likes to eat white foods. And I don't understand. Like, she didn't have a category for, like, mm. carbohydrates and sugar. So mm-hmm. she was just, like, white food, like, white bread, rice, um, ranch, like, things mm-hmm. that are white. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so there'd be these mom chats, group chats. This is my recollection. Mom, if I get this wrong, I'm sorry. Of other moms saying, oh, yeah, my child eats white food, too. I don't know why. Um, who struggles with autism or developmental, you know, learning disabilities. And, um yeah was there progress seen within the 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 new so cutting out gluten cutting out dairy some of these other these other things was there um positive results um my mom says (laughs) that she saw a really big difference but that it was impossible to maintain i think Mm. the culture that we just live in and going to school i mean she would send us to school and then we'd go eat pizza Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do about that So um, uh, I think there were short periods of time when we would all live a very fasted lifestyle together as a family. And then, you know, if someone goes off to school and eats whatever, then it's like, oh, why are we all suffering? If, <laughs> But ultimately, that wasn't the answer. And I that's 
my my life my childhood makes so much more sense since i've read dr natasha's gab's book and seeing it in light of um gut health Mm -hmm. and i see how it's not the food's fault like it wasn't um the food's fault it wasn't that there was anything wrong with us that we only eat white food (laughs) something wrong with us but that there was something that went wrong in our gut health in our microbiome that got thrown off and there was something wrong with the food we were eating there was something hidden in the food (laughs) that we just don't know and most people still don't know you know Mm -hmm. we have no idea what kind of crap they they put in there (laughs) it it is health food quote-unquote health gluten-free cereals and (laughs) dairy-free yogurts is full of crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not about what we're taking out but what i love about gaffs is there's so much emphasis on what we're adding in adding in those nutrient-dense nourishing foods adding in those probiotic Mm. foods and um yeah Okay, so I'm so curious because this was your upbringing. You had these three distinct um, sort of environments you grew up in. At some point, your mom gets really chronically ill. You also see um, health-related issues with your siblings. And then you decide somewhere along the line to, like, go be a nurse, right? Was that driven by some of the stuff you witnessed? Absolutely. Uh, Okay. Absolutely. And and tell us, like, walk us through that journey, right? Like – you go to school, you, I don't know how long you practiced as an RN, but I, I would just love to hear what that looked like in the beginning. Yeah. Well, my, um, my parents were really, uh, not a, they weren't very pressuring. Like you should do this or you should do that. Do something practical. They said, whatever you want to do, whatever you feel called to do, do that river. But you know, there's some practical things you could do, or you could just go be a missionary in Africa and we won't, you know, think any less of you. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it makes sense to get some practical skills. Uh, at first, I did just want to run away and go to Africa. And I, I did, actually. I, After high school, I spent a year um, doing serving in different areas. I went to Mozambique. I went to South Africa. I went to China. And I, wow. my experience there motivated me very much to get more education, to not just be, get, you know, two years quick RN, but to do the whole four years Mm -hmm. and to be able to teach because Mm -hmm. I realized that, um, there's so much need for health education Mm -hmm. wherever you are. Mm -hmm. And, um, that to be able to teach would be so much more effective than just being able to do whatever I can with my own two hands. So Mm -hmm. I did my bachelor's in nursing after that. Um, with the hope that I could one day go somewhere um, in an an underdeveloped country and teach nursing. And also, I was hoping to kind of dig around and see if I could do better for my mom than the medical system was able to at that point. I thought, Mm. you know, maybe they were just mean. Maybe she just got mean people who didn't take her seriously and didn't listen to her, or maybe they weren't trained well enough, Mm. and maybe I can figure it out. So I did a lot of extra research and... Um, I met so many people in the hospital, just like my mom, mystery cases, um, autoimmune, Mm. dubious origin, weird symptoms that don't make any sense. And the doctors would just say, well, I'll just throw some steroids at it, or let's try this med or try that med and try this. We just try anything because we didn't know where it was coming from, what causes it. It's nobody teaches this in medical school. Um, 
where does this come from? And I was like, wow, I'm, we're not alone. We're not crazy. There's a bunch of people out here in the hospital confounding the doctors. And, um, yeah, so that was, and throughout nursing school, I saw myself start to get sick as well. Cause nursing school is really stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started to get gray hair. I still have my nursing school gray hairs and, um, wake up super early in the morning, go to the hospital, be at the bedside with people who are, you know, struggling and then go to class and then study for so many hours and write a bunch of essays and then go to practicum and then go back to the hospital in the evening. It was just, it was a very intensive schedule wow. and my body was not uh, enjoying that mm-hmm. <laughs> on college food and everything. I just started to get, I saw my health going down the same path of my mom mm-hmm. and I was like, I need to do something because I don't want to end up like my mom needing to like be relying on meds for mm. thyroid or, you know, I was so fatigued. I got to the point where I would just sleep 12 hours a night and wow. I, I'd have to, if I only slept 10, I'd have to take a two hour long nap. I was just so exhausted. And over the summers, I, I have various jobs where I would like fall asleep during my lunch break. Like mm. they'd give me an hour lunch break. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go to my car and just sleep for an hour. <laughs> Wow. And I wouldn't eat lunch because I was so tired. Oh my goodness. And they even would give me free lunch and provide free lunch. Like, all you have to do is just click this button on your email and you'll pick which lunch you want and it'll, they'll deliver it and then you can eat it. And I never did it once because I was so exhausted. I didn't have, I would wake up like right before it was time to go. One time I did childcare uh, and oh, I would fall asleep all the time with the babies in my arms. And I was like, this is not good. <laughs> What a bad, not the best place to just be falling asleep. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the the lights were dim, sweet music. Was oh funny. yeah, sound I mean, machines. You're baby, rocking. Yes, you holding your own yeah. baby in your own nursery. Yeah, you fell asleep all night. I was long. say, I'd be lying. You hold someone babies. else's baby. I was like, this is not a good job for me. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, what a what a picture though, because I mean, people, I think right now there's a lot of people that deal with mystery illness or mystery symptoms even if they haven't wrapped all those symptoms into like a full-on diagnosis they Mm -hmm. can at least at least women especially can at least say hey i think i'm dealing with some fatigue here or um some like joint pain or some weird migraines i get like four times a month or Mm -hmm. something like some set of symptoms and almost to the point where like now if people say like i just have some fatigue people are like okay yeah yeah but like you, that's normal. We yeah. All oh, that's oh, we're, we're all tired. Fatigued. Just get a little bit of yeah caffeine mm-hmm. and get some better sleep. And no, no, no. What you just said and shared is like, listen, I used to go to work in the summer times. I was offered free lunch. I was so dang tired. I had to close my eyes for every second of my break. I mm-hmm. never even got to eat the free lunch. That mm-hmm. is mind blowing because it's such a stark reality of what it looks like to have chronic fatigue. And mm-hmm. um, I can't wait to hear the rest of your story because if I know that that's where you started, I want to hear where where that continues on. So, yeah. So you're in nursing school. You got your your bachelor's of uh, nursing. And what was next for you? Miraculously, I graduated nursing school yeah. in that state oh, <laughs> that I was in. My goodness. I had so much brain fog. And people talk about brain fog like like it's normal. Like, oh, I left my keys at the store. I can't believe I did that. Or I left my phone. I, there's a spectrum and Mm -hmm. I think I got so far down the spectrum that it became very obvious. Like I was running back and forth 
Hmm. Every single day I forgot my keys. Not just once, but wow. five times. Maybe ten times. Literally. Wow. <laughs> and... I was in Oklahoma and everyone's a good soul out there. So no one ever stole my keys or my phone. It was really nice, even though I left it every single day. But I got out of nursing school. I married my husband. Hmm. He's fabulous. Where'd you guys and, meet? Uh, I got guys... my first nursing job. Huh? I said, where'd you guys meet? We met online. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, I like love everybody that. Does these days. Actually, yeah. we were talking to someone else who had a very similar thing and she was like oh we met and i was like no no no." is that joyce maybe yes it was joyce but you know what um with yeah i feel like everyone meets uh, we met online the, uh, online is so legit whatever don't ask no. everyone says no. it, everyone says it, like we met online but i'm like it's basically it's convenient because you can vet somebody before you bother having a date with them also like what go. do you think social media is it's just being social online so like we're already making relationships all yeah. the time online anyways i could go off on tangent okay so you guys met online i i would not really speak to him until we met in person i was like here's some info about me mm-hmm. i see some info about you don't text me we'll just i'll see you there <laughs> and like i didn't want to have a conversation <laughs> with someone i never met sure so, so you yeah. meet up and you're like, oh, he's really great. I love him. <laughs> yeah. The guy that walked in before him to the coffee shop, I was like, oh, I think I better sneak out of the back. <laughs> but then he walked in. I was like, oh, never mind. That's so I'm good. Funny. <laughs> oh, that this is... is really something. Yeah. I felt like it was a business interview, actually. He was very businesslike. He was like, nice to meet you. Tell me about yourself. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know it was supposed to interview. <laughs> That's amazing. But, um, I and love that he he knew what he wanted to do with his life. Most mm-hmm. guys these days, the millennials, are like, "Oh, I don't know. I just want to travel and explore." Yeah, and that's great that? and all, but it's good to have goals and work towards them. It's, it is good to something. have goals. And you know what? I'm a big. I don't know how old you were when you guys got married, but I'm a big proponent of young marriage when you know you're both have your heads on correctly and you're chasing after dreams because mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like. I just have really enjoyed these last seven years being married, so I don't know. Anyway, so you get married, and then... So got married. That was good. Um, I got my... We had our first apartment, and I had my own kitchen for the first time wow. in my life. That's a big step. And so I had the Gaps book, actually, for about a year at this point, sitting on the shelf. Because mm. I had this feeling, like, I think I must have heard about it on YouTube, um... When I was researching autoimmune for my mm-hmm. mom. And I was like, you know, I think if I read this book, my life is going to change. And so I need to be ready. <laughs> and so once I got my kitchen and I got settled in my job, I, I worked in the hospital at first um, on a respiratory unit. And it was very intense. And I was still kind of chronically fatigued and not super fit to do 12-hour shifts. It was impossible. Mm. So uh, I also had some ethical dilemma. I think there was a lot of people that I took care of that should have been on hospice. And instead, we just filled them with tubes and excess surgeries that were not going to extend their life and cause them pain. Mm. And I was like, I don't like this Frankenstein land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I went to hospice, and um, which is basically taking care of people who are at the end and have decided, mm-hmm. I'm just going to live until I die mm-hmm. without all the needles and as much as possible. And I really enjoyed that because I could get to know people's families. I saw them in a facility, but I also got to visit them in their homes. Mm. 
and um, it was really good. It was very holistic. Um, mm-hmm. And it was so interesting how as we would take people off of all their meds because they're like, okay, I'm not going to try to length my life anymore. I'm just going to come off my meds. And they would actually like stand up and like wake up and be more clear headed after coming off of this 20 list of list of 20 meds they were on and improve for a while before they would then decline because you know their disease process Mm -hmm. and that was just another thing all of us hospice nurses would talk about be like hmm you know sometimes we just add on meds that are excessive and not act like not actually maybe building us up but weighing us down Mm -hmm. they have their place but you know not forever Mm -hmm. so that was my uh what happened with nursing and during that time when I was working in hospice is when I read the gaps book and my life has never been the same since I wrote in the margins all over the margins were full of emojis of like (gasps) or like wow or like and I would jot down moments in my childhood in the margins that were explained by what she was talking about. Like, oh my gosh, this is why my I had eight cavities and why my teeth are so bad. Or, oh, this is why my sister, you know, had a vaccine reaction and um, struggled afterwards. And this is why, like how everything all contributes to gut health and to your microbiome and to overall health. Like for so long, we paid so many expensive doctors to try and come up with an explanation for why my mom was so sick and I read that book and I was like aha this is it (laughs) this explains everything I mean obviously you know we don't know everything but it explained a lot to me and it made sense to me why my family struggled the way we did with Mm -hmm. our health was there I couldn't help but dive in with like head first yeah was there any part of you as you were reading the book that was frustrated because when you read her book, it's it's complicated in that like she does a really good job of detailing like the actual anatomy of the gut and what's going on. Mm-hmm. But if you really boil it down, like it's so simple. Mm-hmm. It's such a simple revelation that like this critical system in our body um if it is having issues, then like your entire health will crumble. Right. And so I'm curious if when you were reading that, you were like, man, I, I imagine that would be hard to read something and be like, the solution was right here the whole time, you know? Well, I don't know. I think I really, the first time I read it, I did think to myself, what if my mom had had access to this when she was trying to research and come up with what the heck is wrong with my with me and with my kids um i don't know mm-hmm. but i think i can't answer that question yeah but mostly i think i was really relieved because i did try a lot of hard things i did aip before doing gaps and um which is autoimmune protocol i think yep paleo autoimmune protocol so i took away uh, there's so much focus on like taking things out of your diet and i was just hungry with nothing left to eat by the end of it Mm. and i would spend hours cooking and then eat a meal and be like i'm still hungry so i have to go cook for hours again and then eat another meal and i was like and i'm still hungry (laughs) because i didn't know anything about fats and they don't talk about that and i don't know at least whatever materials i was reading so I loved that it w- explained the physiology and having 
been through nursing school, I was like, ah, oh, this makes sense. Like with autoimmune protocol, it was like, well, there's correlation that nightshades cause autoimmune conditions. We don't know why, we don't know how, but so just don't eat them. Mm-hmm. And that just didn't make, it didn't explain it. But I love how she even has pictures of like enterocytes in there and the gut lining. It's like a shag carpet. And I loved um, the explanation. Yeah. So that leads us beautifully into like, let's get into a little bit of the microbiome or the intestinal tract anatomy and then jump into like, what is the GAPS diet? Good questions. Um, so... Basically, what is the microbiome? It is a community of bacteria and yeast and microbes of various kinds that all live together in balance and harmony. Um, Similar to topsoil, um, if you're in the gardening, farming world. It's very similar. And that's what your microbiome is. 90% of the cells in your body are not you, but are actually microbes. And my microbiology professor in nursing school told me this. He said, basically, you're a dirt bag. (laughs) It's almost like somebody just scooped up some dirt and breathed life into us. That's what we are. We're just full of soil bacteria and bifidobacteria. And yeah, and that uh, delicate balance of bacteria and uh, yeast and all kinds of things do so many beneficial things for us and so many more things we don't even know. They balance our hormones. They regulate. Um, they help us our, with our immune system. Our neurotransmitters are made in our gut. Your microbiome is everywhere. There's bacteria on your skin and your eyes and your mouth and your lungs. But there's also, but the main hub and like the, the capital city of the microbiome world is your small intestine, is mm-hmm. your gut. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we focus on in gut. Yeah, and so she, I remember in the book, there's like the dis, this distinct image, right, where she has like a dialed in, sliced picture of the lining, and it's these little not polyps, but like villa. You know what I'm talking about? And she talks. I like about, to call it a shag carpet. A shag yeah. carpet. Okay, so yeah, explain to us like what that shaggy carpet is, because it, that's a critical piece of it too. Yeah. So if you can imagine, uh, your small intestine is like a tube. And that tube is lined with a sort of shag carpet. And um, that sh- each bit of shag is covered with um, small intestine uh, cells, which are bound together very tightly. Um, just like your skin cells are bound together very tightly in a special way with glomulin or uh, things to keep it from things from coming in and out that are not wanted. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the wall. And um, that lining uh, is constantly being sloughed off, constantly being renewed. So there's new baby cells being born every minute, every second of your life. And depending on what building blocks they have, what nourishment they have, the moment they are being, you know, blebbed off and born will determine how healthy they are for the length of their life. All your cells are like this. Your liver is a whole new organ every few months, actually because we're constantly creating new cells. But your small intestine, um, it's even faster. Mm. It's like skin cells, because there's a lot of wear and tear, so we're always making new ones. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. Uh, That piece alone, even understanding that, like, your intestinal tract is sort of, like, recycling or renewing every... How What was the time frame you gave? 
Oh, you read the book. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. So every so often. It's encouraging to know that like. I think every few days there's new or every day there's new cells being born and wow. sloughing off. That's, I mean, that's encouraging from a healing There's so much hope. Like we're rebuilding our gut lining constantly all the time anyway. So whatever you add into that system, whatever you feed yourself is going to benefit that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so so moving on now that we have that sort of foundational understanding, um, tell us about Dr. Natasha's development of this gaps protocol and this diet and what it is and you know what you can eat what you can't eat what the purpose and function of each food group is um walk us through the fundamentals of that yes so dr natasha campbell mcbride she is a um, neurosurgeon (laughs) she was a neurosurgeon when her um son was diagnosed with autism and as the brilliant most incredibly trained professional that she was she realized that she had no knowledge from all that training with which to help her son so she went and got a degree in um nutrition um master's level nutrition i believe and created the gaps protocols and she opened a clinic in cambridge and started to um see Lots of very young children, especially between newborn to two years old and small young children with developmental delay of some kind, ADHD, um, maybe seizures, different problems. And uh, basically, she created these protocols that are part diet, part supplementation, and part lifestyle change. And um, with those protocols... um, so many kids have who have been diagnosed with things that they've been told well this is the rest of your life you're going to be behind you're not going to you're going to struggle or you're going to have to be on this med to be able to focus for the rest of your days have come off of those things have um, excelled academically and whatever it was that they wanted to do and um, socially and uh, have totally come come out of it out of the, that fog of autism or developmental delay. And she explains that, um, well, in my experience as a nurse, when when you see so many patients with um, autism or some related autism spectrum disorder condition, they all have gut health problems of some kind. And we just assume like, oh, you're so stressed because of sensory overload that, you know, you're, you have a sore tummy because mm-hmm. you're stressed. And we say that about, you know, everybody. Oh, because you're so your stomach hurts, it's probably because you're stressed and so you're or you're nervous and so your stomach is sore. But actually, she flips it upside down and said it's not your, you know, slowing down of your brain that's causing problems with your stomach, but it's the other way around. Your microbiome, your gut health is poor. Your gut is leaky. It's been damaged with antibiotics with. Uh, exposure to environmental toxins of which they keep increasing all the time and these holes in this wall of your gut lining um the gate to your body is broken and so all this crap in the world which our body can deal with incredibly when you know everything's going right um is leaking in is leaking straight into your bloodstream is not only leaking into your bloodstream is leaking into your brain Mm. across your blood brain barrier and when that happens kids have, you know, 
developmental delay. They're they're not able to uh, develop the way they should because they're malnourished and because they're toxic. And so GAPS is about decreasing that toxic load and re-nourishing the body. And now, I mean, families will do this as a family. And it started out with just more moms with autism. Who else would be motivated more to totally change your entire eating culture of your life? And they would do it as a family. And everyone else in the family with other various conditions started to recover from those conditions. Mm -hmm. And it became clear that the connection between the gut and the brain is very similar to the connection between the gut and your joint health and your dental health and your lung health and every other part of your body. So Mm -hmm. in my case, I had terrible back pain. I had terrible headaches. I was always um, wrapping my wrists because they were always getting injured just from opening a door that was too heavy or something. Um, I, and when I went on GAPS, I had eight cavities that disappeared. The x-ray before, I had eight. The x-ray after, I had none. Wow. They disappeared. I mean, that's a classic Weston A. Price story. Um, you know, your dental health reflects your overall health so much. Yeah. I, but, um, I, I think it's yeah. funny that so often, like, we think that teeth are the one thing in our body that doesn't self-heal. And so we have mm-hmm. to instead, like, drill around and fill it with some synthetic, almost like pothole filler. When in reality, if we understood this connection of our digestion and our food intake and how your your cavities didn't disappear, they healed. Your yeah. your teeth like remineralized and the whatever decay or whatever was causing that um mm-hmm. reversed. And I think um just even personally, I feel like we know so many people who either have kids that are dealing with things or they personally have dealt with things. I know I have dealt with weird, mysterious autoimmune illness before in my life. And it, it always comes down to you're at the breaking point. You don't know what to do. You've exhausted all of your like traditional, you know, mainstream and advice, um, options and you come down to food and that's not saying like other things don't have a place they absolutely do but the food piece in my mind I wish we would put first yeah. because if you if you read Dr. Natasha's work or you understand how that stuff functions in the body you know you can achieve healing through food in such miraculous ways so uh, so let's get into GAPS diet, right? So say you have a a family who is trying to reverse some symptoms in a child or themselves or whoever. What are the first things that they're going to do? Because there's different phases. And I know that kind of depends on which phase you want to start on. But in general, I've always understood the GAPS to be um, not just like what can we remove, but also like what nourishing foods should we consume? That's the piece I love. So, So walk us through some of those foods. Yeah. So we focus on foods that are very easy to digest because if your gut health is already damaged, it's very di- you're not going to be able to digest things properly. And so you could be eating the most incredible lettuce from your garden that's nutrient dense, but because it's a raw vegetable, it's harder to digest than something like meat stock, which is bone broth but cooked a little shorter, tastes a little better to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So some of the foundational foods of GAPS are a meat stock, which is 
where we boil some kind of piece of meat with some kind of cartilage or joint in it to the point that the cartilage and the collagen from that cartilage comes into the water so that when you put it in the fridge, it'll turn into jello. <laughs> it'll look like jello. Mm-hmm. And um, you can rebuild uh, all kinds of loose cartilage in your body with that. If you have flat feet, if you are abnormally flexible and double jointed and have a leaky gut, <laughs> these are all like red flags um, that you're, you have collagen disorder. And because of the widespread use of glyphosate, um, a lot of us have collagen disorders of one kind or another. Mm-hmm. And um, to rebuild all of that collagen, when you think of collagen, you could imagine like your ears or the parts of your body. Like if you put, pick apart your own chicken, the pieces that connect the muscle to the bone mm-hmm. or the bone to bone, um, that's what I'm talking about. And that's what holds everything together. And that's like the scaffolding for your body. Mm-hmm. So we use a lot of meat stock for that purpose. Um, we use a lot of probiotic foods. We do lacto-fermented veggies of various kinds, but especially cabbage. It stimulates healthy um, stomach acid. Most people have low stomach acid. Um, If you want to know if you have low stomach acid, you can take a little bit of baking soda, like half a teaspoon, and toss it in with half a cup of water and uh, swallow it first thing in the morning. And you should burp immediately. Just like if you mix it with vinegar, Mm -hmm. it should bubble, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you don't for five minutes, then you don't have any stomach acid (laughs) happening. uh, I'm going to try it. So you're not going to be able to digest very much. So um, to address that, we bring in some cabbage, some fermented cabbage, especially lacto-fermented cabbage. is great for that. It's great just for repopulating in general, um, more a variety of probiotics into your gut. If you take a supplement that's just lactobacilli, that's just one. Mm-hmm. And in nature, there's always a community of a variety of different bacteria working together. And so the food-based probiotics are so important, uh, both vegetable-based and um, dairy. We do we do dairy on GAPS, and uh, a lot of people are sensitive to dairy and go dairy-free, and I love your raw milk episode so (laughs) everyone should listen to that but in gaps we will culture our dairy even if it's raw for 24 hours so that that probiotic uh, component can pre-digest it for you i like to tell people you know if we were meant to be vegan we would have five stomachs like a cow but we don't we only have one but you know what we actually have more than one stomach all the pots and pans and jars in our pantry are our other stomachs. Mm-hmm. And we can pre-digest our food by cooking it, by fermenting it, by doing all of these traditional mm. ways of food prep to pre-digest our food. Mm, so um, we do that with yogurt as well. And um, that's really healing to the gut lining. Mm-hmm. You said you culture so your, some of the foundational foods. Culture your dairy. Um, what does that pra- practically, what does that process look like? What, what, what does culturing dairy look like? What does it look like? Well, you take some, it's very simple. Take some milk. Well, okay. If you have raw milk, you can just add a scoop of yogurt to your raw milk and leave it on the counter and it will turn into yogurt, especially if it's summer. Mm -hmm. That's like the most basic version of making yogurt. Sometimes people make it too complicated, but that's essentially what it is. What I do is I will heat my milk to 180, which... Uh, will help it to be more of like an actual firmer, thick yogurt. Um, 
If you don't mind your yogurt to be a yogurt drink, then you could do what I said. It just takes more finesse to make yogurt if you're not heating it first. So I'll heat it up to 180 and then cool it down to 110. Uh, or if you don't have a thermometer, heat it up until it looks like it's about to steam and maybe boil, but not quite. And then cool it down until you can touch it with your finger and it's not going to burn your finger, but it's still pretty warm and hot. Then you're going to add in some yogurt or a yogurt starter powder you can buy at the store and put it in a jar and put it in a warm place for mm. 24 hours. And then the yogurt uh, the good bacteria in that yogurt or in that starter powder will digest that milk for you and then you can eat it. It's, it's like a sourdough Got process. It. Yeah, it's like it you're inoculating exactly like you're inoculating this medium that is rich mm-hmm. with tons of carbohydrate starches, right? And then you just mm-hmm. take those microbes, they feast on that. Mm. Same with flour, it's just milk. And then it turns I'm I'm I should do that because we have milk and raw yogurt. Yeah. We have raw yogurt and raw milk upstairs. I want to take a little bit and make my own. I haven't done that yet. I'm going to try it the it cold so way. It's so easy and it saves you so much money because yes. if you make your own yogurt, it's cheaper. Yeah. I'm on like a yogurt granola kick too. So like I'm, I'm in. I'm into that. I am going to make my, nice uh, my a fresh batch of, yo- of granola as well. Anyways. Okay. So the... The dairy piece, I love that Dr. Natasha calls it living dairy. I love her section on raw dairy. I just, mm-hmm. I so appreciate that title ex- instead of raw dairy because, you know, it just, it can sound a little interesting. Um, less appetizing. Less appetizing. So we talked about the foods that you want to consume. I would love to also talk about this idea of animal-based nourishment versus plant-based nourishment because i think sometimes in our healing journeys there's a push to go towards vegetables for our healing Mm -hmm. and really my understanding is that you know the gaps diet is one of the first to promote this animal way of eating for healing and Mm -hmm. it kind of shatters the whole paradigm that like vegetables are our go-to most healthy foods i i think that 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 comment alone is like, duh, for some people in the real food space. But if you really think about like how you grew up, it's vegetables are the healthiest. Oh, let's eat your vegetables. Mm-hmm. Get Eat the rainbow. Get your veggies in. And the GAPS diet would be like, hang on a minute. Let's talk about this. What, what's your body actually able to process? If you're taking a, a, a really sensitized gut lining that might be more permeable than it should be and you're just shoving down really fibrous food – is that serving your body well? So talk to us about that nuanced conversation of plant-based healing versus animal-based healing. Yeah. You know, I was just um, invited to speak at a little health group of some Mennonite ladies out in Pennsylvania. Ooh. And they were a raw foods group. So we, they had a potluck and all the food was raw it was like veggies and like uncooked things yeah and i was like not what you would expect at a mennonite gathering right <laughs> right and so i was like kind of nervous like i'm gonna share about <laughs> cooking a lot of things but the, <laughs> i do love about how gaps is very balanced and it's not designed to be like eat all meat only or drink only broth or you know it's it was intended to be something that you work through um, <clears throat> with a GAPS practitioner to help you discern what is best for your particular situation and out to someone to help you listen to your body because mm-hmm. 
not, not nothing is one size fits all and gaps is not just a list of do this the end you know like it's very complicated and there are raw vegetables and fruits on gaps but they have their place mm-hmm. and we do it in such a way in in a certain order where your body is able to make the most of it. So we start out with those foundational foods, like I said. We start out with like meat stock with some veggies in there, some that we can toss into our soup um, that are low in fiber. And then the probiotic dairy, the probiotic veggies. And then we add in a few things like soaked nuts that are toasted and make some nut flour. And Mm. we do add in some raw veggie juices and we pair our juices with a fat like some cultured cream because that helps those fat soluble vitamins in the vegetables to be more easily absorbed and used by your body Um, we'll toss a raw egg in there too from you know an egg that you trust from Mm -hmm. your chicken or your neighbor's chicken or something Mm -hmm. the whole egg um, or just the yolk the whole egg. Oh, wow. The egg white, uh, when it's raw, actually has chelating properties, so it can help with um, an overload of toxic metals in your body. Wow, interesting. Okay. Okay, so continue. So, <laughs> what else? Do, what else do you want to know? Oh, I, we, I thought you were on a, on a train with the vegetables. So you're saying like there's a time in, and I love that you're you're saying this right now because we just had this conversation on last week's episode where sometimes people in the real food space get too excited about like the liver and the egg yolk and the butter and the whatever and they like forget to eat their vegetables and their fresh ripe fruit and there's a place for that in your diet um and so the gaps diet to me anytime anyone's ever like hey i'm having these weird symptoms like what do you suggest i'm like well first of all i'm not a health practitioner but like go read dr natasha's book because she is and i love that that book is so informative and it's not this like, oh, you have to go hardcore carnivore and all your symptoms will be relieved. Mm-hmm. No. And it's not this, hey, you have to go vegan and then all of a sudden all your symptoms are relieved. It's mm-hmm. it's a really strategic, hey, let's let's take this delicate, um, this delicate compromised gut, let's nurse it back to health, then let's mm-hmm. infuse it with high nutrient foods, let's repopulate it so that you can yeah. fix your brain and virtually every other function in your body. Mm-hmm. Um it just makes so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why earlier I was like, man, it's such a, it's quote, simple solution. It's highly complex. Obviously there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to it, but when you dial it in for folks who are suffering, it can mean the world to them. And it's like, well, wow, it's right there. Um, yeah. I've been describing it lately, like weeding and seeding a garden. Yes. Like, yes. Gas is supposed to be an intensive do it all the way for a period of time kind of thing. Just like if your garden gets overgrown with weeds, if you just pick a couple weeds every day, like you're not going to get anywhere. But if you just say, okay, today I'm, I'm rototilling it or I'm laying down cardboard or I'm actually going to pull them out myself. And then once you have that clean space, immediately at the same moment, seeding it with a cover crop or with what you do want to grow then that's when you end up with a healthy, happy garden. And our our gut health is so similar. And GAPS is intended to take away the weeds, so to speak. To We're taking away carbohydrates because they do feed yeast overgrowth mm. and um, bad bacteria imbalance and things like that. And we're doing it temporarily to kind of weed the area, to clear it out. Um, so to speak. And at the same time, we're adding in probiotics to like seed the garden with what we do need. And yeah. 
Mm. So it's meant to be temporary, and then you're meant to be healed through that process. Your gut health is healed enough that you can then start tolerating foods you couldn't tolerate before and eventually start bringing back in those carbohydrates, starting with, you know, something easy like a potato. And then when you do start bringing in grains, like make a sourdough or soak and sprout and do all of the traditional things that Weston A. Price teaches about. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Do you, I'm interested to hear, Joey, because you're kind of like fresh to the gas yeah, I'm, diet. I'm I want to hear yeah. how, like, sitting here, do you have any live questions for River? Because I had some context around it. Yeah. But is this, does it make sense to you? I'm, I'm piecing it together. I, I was like, I was jotting notes down in my notebook. He's learning so much and, right now. <laughs> um, and I'm like sitting back because like I'm really trying to focus really hard. Normally I talk a lot more than this. So... Um, well, I want to hear what you have to say and the questions you have, because I think, honestly, you represent a lot of people listening I, to this yeah. conversation. I think, I think what was a, a, a fantastic first kind of learning for me was, and I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions based off what I know now, and then sure. correct me, because I'm sure I will need correcting. But the, the first assumption that I'm making is that um, going on the, or starting a journey within the GAPS kind of protocol begins with um, high restriction. Mm -hmm. And what you're going to do is you're going to restrict yourself from, and you mentioned carbs, which I'm so thankful you said why, because I feel like so often people say, well, you just got to cut out all these foods. And, and what's the one diet that, oh my gosh, it was like the hip diet for the longest time, whole 30. And it was like, uh-huh. it was like uh, everyone that's ever t- done that diet, has always said, well, you just cut. The reason you do this is because you're looking for things that you're sensitive to. And after I did Whole30, I felt great. And part of me wonders if, if it's like they just went and weeded their garden. And um, exactly. like instead, but, but, but the problem is, is that what inevitably happens with a lot of these folks is that they say, I only feel good on Whole30. And the, the, the likelihood is that they're not seeding it, like you said. Love the analogy. I think it's savage. I'm a huge fan. Mm-hmm. The 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 um, um, weeding the garden and the, the carbohydrates they're feeding the things that are part of the problem, right? So the problem that's causing the symptoms of you know leaky gut or you know uh, uh, tiredness or whatever else that, that might be a, a symptom of um, having a poor poorly treated kind of microbiome or gut health. Um, we're starting by removing what's feeding it. Right. That's like the first thing we're doing, because that's what's going to help kind of kill it off. Am I, am, am I tracking? Yes. And also there's a piece, too, where like you have to remember your digestive tract has been compromised. So you're physically not able to digest like you mm. can eat a bunch of food doesn't mean you're digesting it well. Yeah. And we actually don't digest anything. It's our microbes that yeah. digest for us. So if they're struggling, yeah. you have to have really simple. Think of like a baby who's just consuming breast milk because that's all their tract can handle. Yeah. That's why we wait to feed babies food until they're yeah. appropriate uh, until the appropriate age. You're, you're kind of doing that with yourself. You're like you're giving yourself these like doses of high nutrient really easily digestible food so that your body can just like soak in it and like finally have some energy and at the same time you're also being careful to not feed it the wrong things to to perpetuate the the growth of the things you're trying to get out of the garden okay and so then what we're also doing then is there are foods and and nutritionally dense things that are easy to digest that might also promote healthy growth right so like 
and that would be where we're talking again this is what i'm understanding like the fermented veggies and the cultured dairy so we're making kind of fresh yogurt that's eat and the reason why we're culturing it is not because now it's more nutritionally dense right that's what i'm saying it's more um digestible bioavailable yeah Mm -hmm. so it's easier to consume after you've cultured it's almost like people that and it's so fascinating because i know a lot of folks that and, and and i'm not saying people that with celiac disease should try this but people that maybe have found themselves sensitive to gluten i'm always very clear to say that because i just feel like sometimes I, someone's going to try to come after me and say hey joey said that sourdough is not you know anyways the but we we know folks that have been sensitive to gluten and they say oh i can't eat that i'm i'm, I'm going gluten free and and we say well why don't you try the sourdough and they'll eat it and they'll wake up the next day feel fantastic and they say i feel great and and you said this but that culturing of that milk is kind of like the, the same process of mm-hmm. you're kind of pre-digesting the gluten in, mm-hmm. in the sourdough. Mm-hmm. You're kind of pre Now, what is it within the dairy that's being pre-digested? Is it the, um, the sugar, sugars? The sugars often, yeah. like the when you hear lactose intolerance, yeah. lactose is the sugar found in milk. Okay. So when people are like, oh, I'm lactose intolerant, it's, it's because they have this assumption that the, the lactase, which is our body's enzyme that breaks that down. I mean, yeah. maybe you can add clarity to this let too. Me, let me paint a picture. That might yes, help. please do. I love so your pictures. So is based on the SCD diet, which is short for specific carbohydrate diet. And the idea is all carbohydrate, what a carbohydrate, what is a carbohydrate? It's a string of sugars in, in a line. Mm-hmm. And um, there's different kinds of sugars. There's a monosaccharide, which mono is one. So it's just one little. That's one sugar. You can just absorb that. <clears throat> Got it. It didn't take any work. It didn't take any work at all. <laughs> honey is a mono, has a monosaccharide type sugar. So and on GAPS, we eat honey. Mm-hmm. It's sweet, but mm-hmm. we eat it anyway because we can absorb it because it's just one. Monosaccharide. Two sugars stuck together... That's a disaccharide, two, di two, okay? So it, what are you going to do to absorb that? It's too big. You can't just slurp that up. You need to cut it in apart first with something called an enzyme, which in this case would be lactase. Um, so imagine little Pac-Mans, like this is what I usually doodle for people, is um, you need a little Pac-Man guy to cut that apart so that you can then absorb it. Now, Dr. Natasha has a fabulous doodle in her book. Maybe you could even put a link to it somehow Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. show notes. I don't know. But it's a great image of two cells. And they both have a crazy hairdo, which uh, is full of these Pac-Man enzymes, okay? So one of them that's happy and healthy, his hair is full of these Pac-Man enzymes. Imagine a Chia pet. It's just full and luscious. The other guy looks like grandpa and he has like three little wimpy hairs with one little Pac-Man on it. And so those Pac-Men are responsible for um, digesting your food. They're the enzymes. And so if your gut health is bad, then you can't break up all of those chains. So, okay, we talked about monosaccharides, which is just one. We talked about disaccharides, which is two. But carbohydrates and starch and fiber are complex. And there could be hundreds in a line, all stuck together. So it requires a lot of work. And so um, the idea behind GAPS, which is based on the specific carbohydrate diet, is we can specifically eat a monosaccharide, which is easy to absorb, 
But those other ones that are hard for us to absorb, if we're not able to break them up, then the bad bacteria in our gut is going to feed on them and their yeast in our gut is going to feed on them instead. And then they're going to release a bunch of toxic fumes and cause us stress. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm trying to like paint a picture verbally because this is audio format. Unbelievably well. I, um, question that I have would be honey is a, is a, is a mono, right? Yep. And then mm-hmm. um, some of the most common kind of like you said disaccharides or bi- mm-hmm. yeah what what would be some of the most commonly like seen food items that have that um, lactose fructose galactose I think there's four chemically so like fruit um, uh, dairy mm-hmm. um, basically what- most foods have this to some degree but okay. anything that is sweet is sweet because it has some of those disaccharides in mm. them. and uh, breads and potatoes and starchy vegetables um, like corn, they have um, not just disaccharides, but um, oh, what's the word? Darn it. <laughs> Basically, a bunch of sugars all strung mm-hmm. together in a long string. Those so, are the complex, um, yes, the ones you're talking about. Okay. Starches. Chemically, you would call it a starch. Okay. So eating corn, and you said potatoes, starchy vegetables. This is like... Yeah, um, corn, potatoes, rice, um, bread, everything that is a carbohydrate that you would think of as being a carb Mm. has starch in it. Got it. It's It's not a black and white world. I mean, there's... There's nuances to this. I mean, there's foods, there's vegetables that probably have a little bit of this in it. But generally speaking, that's the idea behind where we're going with caps. So if I'm, if I'm feeling like I'm having a hard time digesting food, what would be like the number one offender? Like, hey, Joe, you know, let's just definitely steer away from this one. Like, is there, is there, is there a food <laughs> item that is just the, like the most challenging for humans to, to digest? Like borderline, we shouldn't eat this. <laughs> like chewing gum or something you mean i don't know i i, I, I don't know i just to digest thing you shouldn't eat i don't know the answer to that if the thing is if your gut health is bad if your gut is broken it's not going to digest anything anything good. okay and so the goal of gaps is not necessarily to feed your body but to feed your guts to heal your mm. guts so that then your gut can digest everything else mm-hmm. but i mean your question is good how does our gut get broken i mean what is causing the damage that put us here in the first place? Why do we have all this yeast overgrowth mm-hmm. in our communities? And if you have, if you want to know if you have yeast overgrowth, here's a couple things you can think about or try. You can wake up first thing in the morning. This is fun to do with kids as well. This is a great science experiment. Do the burp test like I talked about. You know, drink your, you know, baking soda. And boys love this. <laughs> Who burps first? I mean, they might cheat and do something. I don't know what boys do. But Force it out. Yeah. Be like, I the, it. This next fun test you can do is you can spit into a glass of water first thing in the morning. And you can, this is a layman's at home test. It's not scientific, but it'll tell you something. Uh, it'll, you can see how much yeast you have in your saliva. So if it looks like a jellyfish or if it's floating in the middle or if it sinks to the bottom within the next five, 15 minutes, then those are all different kinds of yeast that you have happening. 
And um, you can compare this before and after doing gaps if you want, just to see how things have changed. Um, it's most accurate if you do it first thing in the morning, so it's not associated with what you just ate, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, if you have stinky feet, if you have a lot of dandruff, if you have a yellowish tone to your fingernails or your your toenails uh, that smells a little cheesy, I mean, that can be a sign of yeast overgrowth. A lot of people nowadays, I've noticed a lot of my friends have a whitish or yellowish kind of glaze to their tongue or they have geographic tongue even. So, and their tongue gets sore. That's yeast overgrowth. And why does that happen? Um, well, <laughs> it's, it's actually interesting because um, yeast can help to mitigate the toxic metals in our body. Mm. So it's actually trying to do us a favor. They're not all bad. They're kind of like, I like to think about, um, what's that uh, movie, that classic movie about the, it's not the mafia, but the Godfather. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that movie because you see how it's a family. It's not just one big old bad guy with nameless and faceless. Like he's, he's doing what he's doing because he believes that it's right. Even though, obviously, you just killed a guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's sort of what yeast is doing. When there's a lack of policing in the area, there's a lack of justice, they're like, well, I can help you out. Come here. <laughs> and uh, yeast will mitigate the toxic metals, absorb the toxic metals into their body and keep them out of our bloodstream, which is good. <laughs> this is why, also, if you take a bunch of antifungals or in stuff to kill off your yeast all in like oh my gosh i have yeast i'm just gonna take some pill and kill it all yuck well what's gonna happen your toxic metals in your body if you take your blood and you go take a test your toxic metal levels will spike tremendously because you just re-released all the toxic metals that were bound up in the yeast and it's gonna flood into your blood mm. and then what's gonna happen it the yeast is all gonna regrow because your toxic metals are still there so um it takes a, a holistic approach to address the yeast at the same time as we're addressing things like toxic metals, just uh, decreasing the toxic toxicity in our environment practically, and also feeding our body um, the things it needs to chelate those metals for us. And I'm not talking about doing some crazy detox necessarily. Some people need to do that. But in GAPS... We are chelating those metals very gently with things like a raw egg in our juice and um, healthy food that's nutrient-dense. Feeding ourselves good bacteria. Bacteria themselves and yeast in the way that they function as a community in a healthy way can mitigate so many things that we just have no idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because when Joey was, uh, what what were you, a teenager? He actually had several rounds of like IV chelation for, Mm. what were you getting rid of? Lead. Lead. Lead or mercury? Lead. Yeah, and it's very interesting because... Uh, yeah, and um, I'm very thankful that your mom put in the work to, to do that for you. Um, that's such an interesting thing because I think people panic when they're like, I have candida overgrowth, right? Like that that's the mm-hmm. yeast strain we hear about the most. Curious yeah. if the GAPS protocol addresses parasites at all because parasite function is the other thing I hear a lot in this like holistic health space of and I'm kind of like 
you know, for a while we thought all bacteria was bad. And then now we're like, wait a minute, there's good guys and bad guys. And then for a while we thought like all, you know, what even is a virus? I don't know. But like we thought all things that looked like a virus were bad. But now we're like, no, there's like good and bad versions of that. Is it mm-hmm. the same for parasite? Because you're saying yeast has a function. I'd love Dr. To- Natasha would say yes. Would say yes. Would say absolutely. You know, there are reasons probably that we have worms crawling around in us. They're probably doing us a favor of some kind. Right. We just don't know what it is yet. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's kind of always where I've leaned to. Uh, not saying like an, an overgrowth is ever healthy or, or you know, yeah. something we should... When it's all in balance. I mean, it's similarly to a garden. When you have certain types of weeds, it can reflect certain needs in the soil. Mm-hmm. Some of those can be tap roots that can draw nutrients in from a deeper place in the soil i mean if the soil is just big empty cracked empty dead space weeds are going to grow to cover it to keep it shaded so it doesn't erode away and so um i like that analogy a lot the more i'm learning how to garden i see so many parallels Mm -hmm. have you seen the film um oh there's two there's one called kiss the ground it's a great documentary. I love that image. And I use it all the time of their... Their tree and the whatever. Yeah. And then there's, there's another... There's another one called From To Which We Belong, which that one dives a little bit deeper into like the microbiome of the soil and mm-hmm. how like really that's kind of what exists inside of all humans. So I think that those mm-hmm. those two documentaries are good. I believe they're both kid-friendly. I don't think there's any, any mature content in either one of those. So... um. Yeah. So, okay. So Joey was recapping the GAPS diet. The other thing I wanted to point out too, as you're talking about like where things we're getting rid of and things we're putting in, yes, we're populating bacteria, but the point of the meat stock, which I always explain like bone broth is like bones with maybe a little bit of, you know, muscle meat and some connective tissue, but you boil, you cook that, you don't boil it, but you simmer that for like 12 to 24 hours, a really long time. And mm-hmm. oftentimes like that's, doesn't really taste very good. It's kind of cloudy. It's, mm-hmm. it's not great. Meat stock, however, is I actually have some going on the stove right now. Well, it's turned off mm-hmm. for now, but I will restart it after we <laughs> record. Um, it, that is, you know, some bones probably in there, but it's mostly meat. So bone broth's like a lot of bones, very little muscle meat, whereas meat stock is like m- muscle meat, um, joints, cartilage, skin, you know, bones. There's still bones in your meat stock. Bones in there so too, So it's not right. like we're pulling the bones out, but right. it's just that we're not trying to cook the bones into the broth like a bone broth is. Right. So, and the point of that is that, um, that glycine, that collagen, those are the things that are rebuilding those. You remember how the, we had those holes in the gut lining? Mm-hmm. Those are the pieces that are going to like... The collagen is kind of refilling. Yes, that... it's refilling. It's, yeah. like, it's like the mortar in a brick wall. Yeah. Is that, mm-hmm. is that the right mortar? Mort- yeah. Yeah, it is. You're okay. right, actually. Oh, I'm getting it. Okay. Yeah, so that's... So it's like... You were right. You were th- it's three-pronged, though. It's like remove the bad offenders... Fill in the spaces in the physical hole and also populate the workers who are mm-hmm. the bacteria who are going to do the work that we need them to. And when yeah. we do this, we see beautiful regulation come back online. We see wonderful. And then we're re- I'm guessing then we're reintroducing some of those foods that maybe we cut from the beginning because now they're they're less problematic. Is that is that kind of where we're? Yeah, I think that's, that's right. the journey. Because once your gut is healed, you should be able to digest anything that's real food. Mm-hmm. I mean. And you guys talk all the time about what real food is versus processed food that's full of crap, like I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. So you were getting into, River, some of the things that might 
be harming our gut. Um, mm-hmm. You might have touched base on it a little bit, but let's get back into that. What are some of the some, what are some of the, the causes that that uh, get us to a place where we need to take on this healing journey? Well, lead is a huge one, especially here in Philadelphia where I am. The clinic where I used to work, um, they test all the children for lead. And I'd say about, don't quote me on this, public health people, but I I didn't look it up before this, but I think for our clinic, it was about 25% of kids had dangerous levels of lead in their blood. Wow, that's a Um, lot. It's a lot. Mm. Uh, We have a lot of old factory ground here. The soil is just full of toxicity. (laughs) I mean, even the soil I planted my garden in, I'm like, I don't know. The soil is very good, but I mean, the garden will mitigate it, I guess, over time as I continue. Mm -hmm. So, and honestly, lead is a very interesting um, toxin because it has been studied so much. And I think uh, I listened to a podcast episode once about the history of this. And the truth is there are tens of thousands of other chemicals that could be just as much, if not more toxic than lead, But lead just happens to be that one guy that we actually studied and people worked really hard to get government to come Mm. behind it and put regulations around it. But there are so many others that we have no clue that we're not testing for, but are all over the place Mm. in Mm -hmm. all of our products, in our skincare products, in our pharmaceuticals, in our gummy multivitamins. They're full of, you know, food dyes and who knows what (laughs) in there. So, yeah, there's, it's a scary world out there. Mm-hmm. Our body is really good at, at handling it when we give it the right tools. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of toxins out there. And there's a lot of antibiotic use. Mm. From the moment, when we, even when we're in our mother's womb, uh, that mom is being offered antibiotics for one reason or another. And is it needed? Mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little bit overused. Um, I was being stitched up after I had my baby Hosanna and they offered me IV antibiotics. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is just a simple couple stitches. You don't need to give me IV antibiotics. Right. Do you know I've, how hard I've slaved for this microbiome to be resilient enough to feed my baby good bacteria? You're just going to fill me with IV antibiotics just like at the flip of a finger. Like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, yeah. There you go. Let's have some IV antibiotics. I'll just start an IV right now just in case you want it later. It's just we do it so easily. And I understand it's out of a place of fear Mm -hmm. that you will get an infection and you will die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But I think there are a lot of people suffering from chronic conditions that are a result of overuse of antibiotics. Many more than have suffered from, you know, some kind of infection that over overtook them and went crazy mm-hmm. in this country mm-hmm. and in this day and age mm-hmm. yeah i mean when i was uh in my younger years when i was in high school and college i did a ton of traveling and i went on malaria meds for months at a time uh every time and every time i would be i feel like that was like a trigger for me getting sicker and sicker and sicker because malaria meds are have sort of an antibiotic um, component mm. to them, mm-hmm. they totally change uh, our the community of good bacteria in our guts. So do all the pills that we take. They all have an effect that is totally unstudied. We haven't studied 
any of the meds that we take for anything, what their effect is on the good bacteria in our gut. We don't even know what good bacteria is in our gut. We've barely studied it. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if I'm being discouraging. <laughs> no, well, no, this is great. Pretty bleak picture. But you're asking, you know, how do we get here? What's causing this problem? So those are some of the reasons. Yeah, and honestly, I think I think our understanding of the microbiome is only like 10 or 15 years old, right? Or maybe 20, maybe. It was just coming out when Dr. Natasha wrote her book. She was the forerunner, really, who put a bunch of research-based, you know, things together into a whole picture of what's happening. Right. And this is why I always like to say, like, man, I wish Pasteur could just, like, come alive for just a moment (laughs) and learn that you're nine parts bacterial or nine parts non-human DNA. He would have fainted. (laughs) He would have just, I like, what what would his work have done? And if you think about Pasteur, he's the author of germ theory. He is the reason Mm -hmm. why our medical system is so, hey, let's get some antibiotics here and some steroids here. It's just fascinating. I mean, there are moments that, that antibiotics can be helpful, or am I? Sure. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm not saying like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not prescribing that we rid of all use of antibiotics, but when you look at a society who is overrun with chronic mm-hmm. illness and in River's example, a very simple procedure where it's just like, yeah, let's just hook it up. Unnecessary, probably. Um Mm-hmm. So it, it is, it is out of it. I think so many people that I talk to, they say, oh, well, if there's an alternate, like a natural thing that I could try first, then I would try it. But they go to the doctor mm. and where they went to medical school, they don't train you in any alternatives yeah. at all. Do you remember? And so they have no other option. So they the patient uh, that comes to the doctor saying, oh, I feel kind of sick, but... I don't know, I would try something natural. The doctor would say, well, what I always start with is penicillin or whatever antibiotic it is um, because that's all they have. They're not trained in other things. So yeah. I found an anthroposophical medicine guy near us in our area for Hosanna because I was like, I just need somebody with something in their pocket besides drugs, mm-hmm. like whether it's homeopathy or herbs because why does that have to be the first step? It shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. Especially when you understand, like, Dr. Natasha's work and how important the the, the gut microbiome is, too. Yeah. Yes. We had a very similar situation with, with one of our children at a pediatrician's office. I was like, hey, listen, this is how I'm approaching this naturally. And he looked at me and he's like, well, clearly that's not working. That's why you're here. So here's your antibiotics. And it was just, like, very rude. And we didn't go back to that office after that day. But it is true. Like, it's not to fault him. That's just not his training. I just wish he would have mm-hmm. said, hey, that's out of my wheelhouse. I can't inform you on anything else except mm-hmm. for a pharmaceutical. And I would have been like, okay, I respect you. Instead of him, like, he threw me a lot of attitude. But I think I yeah. I think I just could have approached it better. I think because I was there <laughs> for this moment. Um, while you're actions were honorable and just <laughs> elizabeth has a way about her sometimes what was the most recent podcast review of being a little bit spicy <laughs> and so we're here talking to this doctor who's probably very busy and dealing with our child that was you know had some kind of skin infection and uh i think you might have made him a little bit upset i'm sorry so, i'm anyways, so sorry to whoever that pediatrician doc, was you're probably a great person so 
Sorry. Anyways, um, where were we before we started talking about... Uh... You were saying at some point you reintroduce certain foods, and that's the beauty yeah. of gaps. It's not a lifetime thing. It's not a, hey, okay. you have to get rid of this forever. It's not a, hey, I'm allergic yeah. to this, 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 and this. It's a, mm-hmm. let's take a moment in time. Let's heal the gut. Let's approach it from these angles. Mm-hmm. And honestly, let's reverse some really, really um, challenging symptoms that people face. I'm so curious, like in your work, if you can share examples or stories or even things you've, you've had in your own life of people being able to turn around their set of symptoms through this Mm -hmm. food protocol. Yeah. Well, kind of leaping off of the, well, sometimes we need meds, uh, suggestion. Mm -hmm. One of my clients uh, that I had recently, I love his, primary care doctor and I've never met him but he initiated the idea that you know you've been on these meds for ADHD for a while I would like to wean you off of them most doctors wouldn't say that they'd Mm -hmm. say oh well if it's working for you then just keep going yeah Mm -hmm. totally and then you know just keep carry on but he had the idea you know what I would like to wean you off and so on his end that was his part what he didn't have was my part, which is, well, what can I do to support my body to produce its own neurotransmitters? Maybe my gut is not very healthy. It's not producing its own. This med has been stimulating artificially that I have those neurotransmitters. We're going to be weaning me off of it. How can I stimulate my body's ability to create its own? And that was my part. So I got to walk through that with him and he was a teenager and his mom and his family and explain to him, you know, the GAPS idea of this is how your gut works. Your gut creates neurotransmitters. 90% of the serotonin in your body, the most common neurotransmitter, is not made in your brain. It's made in your gut. And we can affect that incredibly by doing this temporary diet to reboot it so that it can, you know, restart that serotonin factory. So you can feel, you know, look at the sunshine and feel happy again. <laughs> And uh, be able to focus, be able to sleep, you know, all of those things that um, neurotransmitters do for us. So I loved being able to help them through that and uh, give them advice for maybe even supplementing a little bit with a more natural version of like an amino acid that would be the building blocks for your body to make those neurotransmitters while he was coming off of the medication. And hopefully then he will be able to come off of that supplement as well as he continues the gaps um, process, but I love, I love being able to do that kind of thing. Like if someone is so many times people try to come off of meds, which are not designed to be with you for your whole life and they fail because then they come off really quickly or they just swing back into whatever reason got them on the med. And then they're just stuck and they're chained to this bottle of pills and they don't know how to get off. So I love doing that. Um, I'm obviously not a doctor and I'm not going to tell you get off of all your meds mm-hmm. and do right now. But I love playing the part of supporting practitioners who, uh, primary care physicians who believe that, you know, meds are not supposed to be forever, mm-hmm. especially that kind. Um, I love working with people with Lyme because I had Lyme's disease when I was a kid living in the woods mm-hmm. at one point and I had a- IV antibiotics for it. And I think that definitely had an effect on my future health. And, um, Lyme is a whole other beast we could talk about, Mm -hmm. but I love being able to help people walk through the nuances of that. Um, 
my Lyme, one of my Lyme clients said to me, River, I've been working with a natural practitioner for three years with this super long list of supplements and tinctures and all kinds of things. And in the past three months working with you, I felt better than in the past three years. Wow. Just with food. The supplements we use are so simple. There's only three. One, two, three. There's not this super long list of very expensive ones. The very iodine is one of them. Mm-hmm. Iodine is like five bucks for a bottle last year all year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what I do is incredibly simple, like you were saying, but it makes a huge difference. And having someone to walk through gently, specifically with people, I, I really do enjoy. Mm. I'm so interested yeah. how you are able to capture the individuality of each healing journey mm-hmm. because like you said, the GAPS protocol is not like you read the GAPS book and then you just cut out all these foods. You should really work with a practitioner um, who's gone through the training like you have. And so what are you looking for when you're, when you're saying, okay, let's embark on this journey together. Say they've started the GAPS diet. Are you like looking at blood work? Are you talking about symptoms that they're noticing? Are you like, what are the things that you're able to look at so you can tailor their approach? Mm -hmm. Good questions. Um, I do a little bit of like bioenergetic style testing, Mm -hmm. but honestly, my favorite test is to see you with my eyes, to touch you with my hands Mm -hmm. and to ask you how you're feeling to, I have been trained a little bit and like, you can learn a lot about somebody just by looking at their fingernails, looking at your skin, looking into your eyes, looking at your tongue, say, ah, you know, Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And, um, I, I encourage people to journal when they first start GAPS and I give them a symptom survey to take before and after we've spent three months together to see how their symptoms have changed. And it's really obvious. I mean, a lot of guys, no offense, Joey, a lot of guys need a test. Mm-hmm. Take my blood, stab me with a needle, <laughs> tell me what's wrong with me and give me a long paper that I can stick on the fridge that says this is it, you yeah. know? And that's fine, you know, sometimes you need that kind of motivation. <laughs> But uh, honestly, when people give me the test that they've already taken with other people and they give me the results, I'm like, well, I could have told you this just from looking at you and hearing about how you feel after you eat a fatty meal. But it's a nice confirmation. So, and uh, it makes you feel good. So go for it. Mm-hmm. Cost money. It's your money. Spend it how you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, and I am... Um, but the, the best is, I mean, you can tell the difference. My one client I talked to just before this interview, she's only been doing practicing GAPS. She hasn't fully gotten onto GAPS. She's just learning how to incorporate meat stock and some of these things into her life. And she said, I just, she has a very physical job. And she said, I had a session with a client and, um, and I usually just feel totally exhausted afterwards and just like a wreck. But I feel ener- I feel energized. I have so much energy. I feel awake and alive and I can go do something. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much of your life comes back to you when you have the energy to do anything. I mean, fatigue is huge mm-hmm. because it's basically I don't have the ability to do to think or to do things that I want to do or that I love if you're just tired. Mm-hmm. Everyone's tired these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just true. so funny hearing you talk about that. I feel like I encounter so many people that are almost like borderline annoyed with how much energy I have. And like, I'll show, like I'll show up places and it's just like, you are a very energetic person. I will say that I do sympathize as your wife. Okay. I do sympathize with some of those people. 
Although I do also appreciate, I feel like I get some like yeah. residual energy from you, just from you, because it's like positive. You're positive, <gasps> oh, okay. Almost yeah. to a, like we'll be on a run, and he'll be like, "This feels so good. My lungs are so open." And I'm just like, "Shut up, Joey." <laughs> like that's anyways, not the positivity I need. Uh, anyways, right now. I, I I love that. I think. <laughs> But we have been talking a lot about the energy crisis, not like in terms of, you know, politics, but the human energy human crisis. Human energy crisis. Mm. And it's real. And I, I, I see a lot of, uh, you know, obviously moms, if we're in a transitional stage of motherhood, right? Like I'm not talking to the postpartum mom who's like, I'm tired. Yes, your body's healing. That's a, an appropriate mm-hmm. time to feel tired. Um, yeah. But that just peep folks every day fatigue tired exhausted can't catch a break and i think you make a good point like yes you can definitely validate um symptoms with clinical testing i think that's really valuable and i'm a huge fan of that but i also think that we have some retuning into our bodies to do as a culture and we can re um just like pay attention like i i noticed the other day i um had a like I kind of skimped on my lunch a little bit. Like I didn't eat as much protein. And then like I had like a quick snack, but it was kind of sugary. Um, and I crashed right after. Mm. And I was like, oof, I shouldn't have done that. Or like if I have a second cup of coffee at like the wrong timing and I haven't actually eaten enough to validate mm. that second d- dose of caffeine, I will feel it like mm-hmm. 30 minutes later. And at first I was like, this is so annoying. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, I'm just learning and listening to my body. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really powerful tool. Um, the one of my final questions for you was, I feel like I'm in this place where like, okay, I don't have any presenting symptoms right now. I'm not in a place where I'm honestly, I'm not in a place where I'm willing to do the full gap site for three months because it's just, I don't have any, like I feel really good and healthy right now. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, and my kids like are all pretty much on a good path. Are there things though that like we can incorporate from Dr. Natasha's work, even if we don't do the full GAPS diet and not to confuse it with your earlier statement of like, Hey, if you have to address symptoms, you have to go all in because you have, you can't just like pluck a few weeds here and think your garden's going to be great. But maybe for like a maintenance level family who feels great, has good digestion, good energy. We eat, you know, fantastic food. I mean, I have meat stock going on the stove right now and we have sauerkraut daily. So I feel like we're already winning. But like, are there right. are there other things that for the average um, family who's enjoying good health right now, we can implement in from the GAPS diet? Like, or is it something where it's like, hey, you can, I don't know, can I even apply that in my life? I'd love to hear your answer. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, that's what the Weston A. Price Foundation is for, and that's why I'm a Weston A. I found out about them because of Dr. Natasha because I needed to find raw milk. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how they um, don't exclude any food group. No food group is better or worse than another. Vegetables aren't lame. Meats aren't lame. They're all fabulous. Mm -hmm. When done properly, traditionally prepared in a way that makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, just like I said before, some of the pillars of the GAPS diet are really nourishing and are generally good to be emphasized I think a little bit more just because of the world we live in all the time yeah and that is the probiotic dairy probiotic veggies meat stock egg yolks and liver pate Mm. and or organ meats of whatever you like you know organ meats nose to tail kind of living yeah absolutely 
that's good stuff. Those are all good things. Uh, I feel like we do pretty good. The organ meats we could get better at. The um, and I I think it's good to know about gaps because if you feel sick, then traditionally you would have some chicken soup, mm -hmm. right? And if you know how to make that chicken bowl of chicken soup appropriately in such a way that it's most nourishing to your sick family member, that's, that's good knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, you could just get a can of Campbell's, but it's not going to help them feel better sooner. Mm -hmm. It's actually not going to help at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe it will. It'll keep them from starving. But if you know, like, I'm going to throw a chicken on the, on the pot in the water and boil it for two hours, and then I'm going to add some real mineral salt. And then when it's cooled, then I'm going to add some probiotic veggies to it and a spoonful of my homemade yogurt and crack a raw egg yolk into it and then uh, shred some garlic or ginger into it um, and then give them that bowl of soup. Now that is going to clean you up in a day and yeah. then you'll be better. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Hopefully. That sounds So it's amazing. a good skill for anyone to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gaps for a day when you're sick. Have some soup. Yeah, gaps for a day. I like that. I like that approach of like, hey, even if you're not eating like this every day, there's principles in here you can revert back to. That's absolutely what we do when we get sick. I feel like we dial it in and we're like, this is what we're eating. This is what we're drinking. We do. And I mean, we've it's crushed. Good. We are very rarely ever sick. And the last year we've crushed like two big colds or whatever they were. I have no idea. But like we crushed them pretty quick. And I feel like it's because of how we handled. We have our a, food. we have a new saying in the Hays, okay. in the Hazemar household. It goes as it, 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 as follows: Someone gets sick, and I'll look at Elizabeth and I'll say, "I feel so sorry for this sickness." Oh yeah. And she'll say, well, "She'll look at me like stop," because she's like, you know, got a cough or something, and I'll again the energy that everyone loves, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, "We're about to," you know, I, I use some profanities, so I won't say it now, but we're about to kick this sicknesses but right and and um uh we, we kind of lock it in and and uh, get after it. we feel we're gonna have to create a gaps and like so soup few recipe. families think that so many i mean when i grew up it was like oh you feel sick i mean i don't remember okay i'm not gonna blame my parents but especially in the hospital if you feel sick oh let me give you some ice cream mm -hmm. mm. Every time you feel sick, oh here have a popsicle oh yikes that'll make you feel better some processed sugar and some seven up dies <laughs> oh you feel nauseous drink a coke i can't tell you how many times i've been told that exactly like, what are y'all talking about yeah i think <laughs> there's something there that might make maybe like the way coke used to be made when it had cocaine in it or something it's like I when you're really no stressed idea. and you smoke a cigarette or like ginger ale like maybe there, there used to be real ginger right in there, right isn't it's like we're taking all these old yeah anyways um anyways i want to create a gaps style recipe for soup when we're sick and then it's like a we like people get sick and they haze my house and we whip out the recipe so and it's I, just like we're locked and loaded like I, that would be fun i have a um i'm creating a new resource i'm not going to say what the resource is but i will tell you that one of the meals in the resource <laughs> this is kind of giving it away is a broth with a ferment and it's something that's going to be in the rotation Turn up. I'm in. For this research. It's very gaps friendly. It is it is I was thinking of gaps when I was writing it and I was like, this is how I want to start my day. This is gonna be amazing. So it's in there. Anyways, um that's awesome. River, I had a few more questions for you as we, as we begin to wrap, wrap it up here. And one of them is um hey, I'm a, I'm a I'm an average Joe. No pun intended. Anyways, and I'm looking to get started with hey, a Joe. gaps. 
<laughs> diet or GAPS uh, process. What what are, what are what are my like first steps? What are, what are some of the first steps of of getting getting into the um, the GAPS game? Well, you should get Doctor Natasha's book if you're a book person. Mm-hmm. If you're not a book person, then watch my YouTube channel or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's hear her interviews on YouTube and listen to it. And if it resonates with you, if it makes sense, hey, you listen to this podcast, so maybe it already does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what you can do is I really recommend working with a practitioner, whether it's me or somebody, especially if you are very uh, overly self-disciplined and are very good at like controlling what you eat and maybe to an unhealthy level. It's really good to surround yourself with others. Don't do it alone. You can crash your blood sugar. You can, anything can become unhealthy when you do it alone. Mm-hmm. And so um, work with a GAPS coach or something. Um, uh, right. I have, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to, uh, my final question, but you go first because this, uh, I'll, I'll wait. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I'm probably leading into what you were going to say, but uh, if you wanted to just, dip your toes in the water a bit more, um, you can hop on my email list and join uh, the Yo Wellness Collective membership. It's just a very simple way to continue to get more information. Uh, every week I'll drip in a little something. Mm. And you can just start trying, try a pot of meat stock. Just put a chicken in a pot of water with salt and boil it. Mm-hmm. And see how it goes. Did it taste good? Did it taste terrible? <laughs> And then uh, make those small, I encourage people to make those small steps each week. I'll say, hey, try this this week. Or here's a live Q&A. Mm-hmm. Ask me your questions about why your meat stock tasted bad. Maybe because you made it into bone broth. <laughs> you know, if it tastes good, it is good. So think your food should taste good. And if it doesn't taste good, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. Even, or don't force or force it down, you know? Mm-hmm. And surround yourself with people who can tell you those things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's one thing you can do. Right on. And one of the ways you can get into that email list is on her website. I think it's the only way, actually, mm-hmm. from what I understand at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> so the way you get on that email list <laughs> is on River's website, which is yowellnesscollective.com. And yo is spelled Y-E-O, wellness collective.com and as always we'll link it in the show notes so we don't have to hear joey repeat the spelling people like to hear it. like 18 times <laughs> <laughs> he's always <laughs> oh i love you a lot. anyways um uh, my final question that i always ask that i want to ask you right now is river hey you, you've um i've learned so much and i know that kind of part of the the real food journey part of the um hey we're, we're trying to take steps to make ourselves more healthy more rightly kind of positioned people is that we're always learning. And I never want to to miss this question because I just feel like it's so powerful to hear how people are pushing and learning themselves. And so River, what are you learning today? Well, um, my birthday was yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And for this year, all I wanted was a space to garden. And so I... uh, invited slash enlisted um, some friends from our community to help me uh, pile dirt on top of a big patch of cardboard in our, our lawn. And I have never done much gardening before. My mom didn't do much gardening. She said she had a black thumb. And I always thought I did too. But um, 
I've recently made a lot of friends in the Philly area that have gardens and they have food from their gardens. Yeah. So I am learning how to garden and that is what I do all in all of my spare times. Mm. Researching, listening to podcasts. I found your podcast because I was looking for gardening podcasts no to way. learn more about how to garden. And I happily came upon this more diverse, you know, that is hilarious. subject of homegrown education. But yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to learning more about that. I love that. What are you growing? People always ask me this. Mm. I planted some things. I don't know if it's going to grow, but I have some corn, some Brussels sprouts, some cabbages for my sauerkraut, yes. some carrots, radishes. I love lactofermenting radishes. Mm. It's one of our favorites. And yeah, some cucumbers. We don't like cucumbers, but I had some seeds. So, so you got to grow it. I like cucumber juice and I like pickles. Oh, there you go. So there you go. I'm just going to pickle them probably. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Probiotic. I of course. love sweet corn. And so you, you have to keep me. I hope, I hope that sweet corn just absolutely kills it. And you have so much because it is, it is spectacular. Our garden, we are learning a lot about our garden as well because <clears throat> um, I grew up on uh, uh, raising farms and growing. And my, my grandfather was a farmer. And he started a pro. Him and my dad started a produce market when I was a kid, and so we would sell vegetables on the side of the road, and we would graze gardens and grow acres of corn and you know, a couple hundred tomatoes and peppers and cantaloupe plants and zucchini and squash. And wow. I remember we planted blackberries, but it takes like years for blackberries, like especially if they're the kind of like thorns and you know whatever, like to to kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, become established in one year. You know, my grandpa mowed them all down. Oh my god! And we were really sad because then we lost all of our blackberry bushes. Oh. But, um, but anyways, and and so I've and I am learning a lot in the in the gardening realm, um, how to kind of steer away from some of the, I don't know, like less, I don't know, synthetic growth methods that I grew up with and so there was there was a lot of uh miracle grow in my history where it was like hey you know what you put this thing you shake it out of this big huge salt shaker and Mm -hmm. and then your stuff grows and i was like cool like (laughs) we this is what we want you know what i mean i was 12 and it was just like you know i was i was uh it seemed all squared away so learning learning that the the no-till method is something that is is a little bit newer to me and i'm learning that we still fight about it we were tilling back in the day um Um, anyways um we don't have it figured out either i love that you said you're learning in terms of gardening i'm so thankful too because the gardening analogy will stick with me forever more with the gaps diet yeah me too i'm going to definitely mention that again and i'll definitely give you credit but i for sure am repeating that i love that yeah that was great (laughs) anyways i'm so grateful for people like farmers who do clean farming even though it's hard it's harder to do it that way Mm -hmm. yeah because if they weren't around, I would still be sick. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have access to that kind of nutrient-dense, clean produce and milk and eggs. I would still be sick. Mm-hmm. Now I have all this energy, so I can garden some of it myself. But um, yeah, a lot of respect to all the people who already figured out figured it out more than, than we have. Yeah, the food producers. Absolutely. And then you got people that are like changing big ag like, Paul, like just Paul. gangster. Anyways, yeah. the 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 um, any 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 final thoughts before we we get to the to the end here, River? Anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? Any questions that you were like, I was prepared for this one, but he didn't ask me. Um, I don't 
think so. I think we had a lot of good talk. Right on. It was good. Well, we talked about your website. I'm going to say it again, even though Elizabeth is dying for me not to. Uh, but it is yowellnesscollective.com. You can get on, on to River's email list to hear more from River. Um, you can also find her on Instagram. And I have here at River Rebecca Yo. And again, Yo is spelled Y-E-O. And I have that correct, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. So River, R-I-V-E-R, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, Yo, Y-E-O. She's dying right now. I love it. Sometimes it like makes me want to keep going. I'm just like, are you going to say it again? I'm just like um, so confused. Um, oh my gosh. You scroll to the show notes. Uh, you can click right there. Okay. It'll literally take you to Instagram. You know what? We need to do a poll of who does show notes and who wants to hear Joey say it. Because I just, you know. Okay. I'll throw it up. All right. There is, <laughs> there's, there's some YouTube action going down as well. Um, we have a YouTube channel. And when I say we, I mean River has a YouTube channel. (laughs) It's called Yo Wellness Collective. It has such a good ring to it. We said that before we hit record. Yo Wellness. It's just, it's like, it's good. good. Yo is spelled Y-E-O, Wellness Collective. I just feel like people might look at Y-O, Yo Wellness. Good to know. Um, And then we've got, we've got a membership situation going on as well for exclusive information and kind of like access yeah, the $7 a month gets you special access to a lot of Rivers content, which honestly, I feel like if you're considering the GAPS diet, probably a good first step. To That's take. a great first step. To, yeah. G- give me a little more River, a little more information about what this $7 membership kind of entails. Sure. We have a group chat. And so everyone in the membership can share their photos of what they're cooking and what their questions are and answer each other's questions. We have once a month live Q&A where people can ask me all their questions Mm. and I will answer them for an hour. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Once a month I will do like a vlog style video just for the members of what a day in the kitchen is looking like for me or um, a day visiting my farmer Mm. or whatever uh, looks like. And once a month I'll do a how-to video of some kind. So depending on what people are requesting, if they, I think... This week, I might try to do a liver pate how-to mm. um, because a lot of people don't like liver until mm-hmm. they taste mine. They love it mm-hmm. because it's full of bacon. So that's <laughs> sort of like what it uh, what it entails. Basically, those that's four different things, one for each week for a month. Yeah, live Q&A, a peek into your kitchen. Um, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I really think I mentioned this uh, in conversation even last night, but like you can be informed and educated till you're blue in the face, right? You can, you can know all of the, the information conceptually, but unless you have someone who is giving you tangible equipment, like equipping you to do it, you, it's going to be much harder to, to make those changes. And that's why I like that you have this membership program because it's exactly what you're doing. You're equipping people to go on this gaps journey, to find healing for their families, doing it in a way where you're being open and transparent. You're offering your time. You're answering questions. I mean, you're a registered RN. You're a mom yourself and you have this um, gaps um, certification. You are a, an expert in this topic and you are a wealth of knowledge as we have all heard today mm-hmm. so i just think what a great um service that is for seven bucks a month for folks to do it um you're also offering a discount specifically for folks who want to take advantage of a course i would love for you to t- talk to us about this course and even tell us what this course and coaching combo looks like and then for those who partake in both of those Um, I believe you're giving a discount. So walk us through what that looks like. Yeah. So 
I do work with people individually and like as a private, you know, situation, you and me, we'll work through it. And if people just want someone to say, okay, do this, tell me what to do, I'll do it. Then that's a good idea for you. Mm -hmm. I can explain and we'll try to explain things along the way. But if you are somebody who wants to know why am I doing this beyond what is in Dr. Natasha's book, or maybe books overwhelm you and you would prefer to know why, but in a more interactive way. Mm -hmm. I have a 12-week course, which I created um, for people to get the deeper dive. Mm -hmm. And there is a ton of awesome material in there that explains and talks through a lot of the topics in her book. And I'll have a little section of reading that you can do beforehand, or you can just listen to um, sort of a lecture style, you know, information with images and pictures and doodles and then um there's like a little quiz so you can you know see if you were listening or if you fell asleep Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh i would love to go through this course with a group um if there's enough people who listen to this and are interested i've done two or three groups in the past and it's always a lot of fun Mm -hmm. to do it together during a specific period of time with other people who are also learning alongside you keeps you accountable because otherwise it's easy to let other priorities, you know, rise to the surface. And uh, if you want to focus on gaps for a bit, it's good to surround yourself with others. So that is uh, my course. And what's an ideal group size for this coaching, this group coaching for folks who are also in the course? Yeah, the course is called Gaps Journey because it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And I limit it to five individuals per group. Okay. So that everyone can have enough time during our group Q&As to really ask me all their detailed questions and get some kind of an answer. Um, yeah, and that is the one price for a couple or a whole family that is going through this together. Mm-hmm. And that's also why I limit it to five because mm-hmm. that five people could be 25 if each of those individuals is five people in their family Mm -hmm. you know it's representing more yeah so i think the best thing first of all that course sounds incredible and i definitely want to take a peek at that um i think if you email river and you let her know hey we're interested in the course and in the coaching i think you have an offer for them if they follow and you'll follow up with them um that way and so i think that if you're like hey i want to just dip my toe in that seven month membership program sounds amazing if you're like hey i'm ready we need healing now and i actually have a couple other friends who need healing as well email river um you can contact her through her website right on um river this has been fantastic it has been so great talking to you today i feel like i've learned i'm gonna go eat some sauerkraut honestly i can't wait to eat some sauerkraut she even warned us that we're gonna be hungry by the end of this and she was right i know it's dinner time um thank you so much we, uh, we look forward to probably talking to you in the future mm-hmm. and uh, have an amazing, amazing day. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. See ya. And with that, River has left the virtual chat. Oh, my gosh. The, the GAPS. Is it called the GAPS diet? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's called the GAPS diet. I call it the GAPS protocol, but there you can go. call it whatever you want. I prefer GAPS protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. I get now at the beginning of this episode when I was telling you that the folks in my office and my mom, that they were so hyped that we were going to talk to somebody that is a GAPS practitioner because it's powerful. It, stuff. It's really, really cool. And love that she's working with people with Lyme. I love that she's working with people that have like auto, autoimmune and, and just, um, 
even even like undiagnosed issues it's it's fascinating that she was on the side as an rn working in hospitals seeing the amount of people that were dealing with these you know phantom viruses or phantom illnesses right where they're like i don't know what's wrong with me mm-hmm. and no one can tell me and here's a steroid and then she then went off and kind of started her own that that it's so similar to so many stories that we've heard wherein there's an issue where the resolution is just not right and thus someone dives in and says hey i'm gonna go figure this out and mm-hmm. I, lo- I love i love that i love seeing it yeah um i just i'm gonna forever remember her garden analogy because i think it it covers the main pillars of the diet i think anytime you're talking to someone who is in need of healing and is open to food being a pathway to healing which that in and of itself is challenging mental space to get to it's immediately it's almost easier to just get a list of foods like okay just tell me what Mm -hmm. i can i can't eat yeah and it's like that has its purpose but you need context behind Mm -hmm. that because at some point when you're really hungry and you're like why am i so restrictive or if you're out to eat and you're like oh does it really matter well if you have the context and understanding behind why it matters Mm -hmm. behind hey if i eat this carbohydrate right now it's it's going to rough up an area in my body that's already really sensitive and Mm -hmm. also it's going to just exacerbate the problem i don't want to do that Mm -hmm. i don't want to take one step forward two steps back Mm -hmm. i'm not going to have that um and we are like the preachers of food freedom this is not a diet you go on for your life this is a short-term healing diet meant to open you up to true food freedom and that's why i've heard oftentimes people say the gap site is the healing diet and sort of like the wesson a price um, ancestral food real food space is like the lifestyle diet and i think that that's so true because a lot of those components like we're a living example of that we have lacto-fermented homemade sauerkraut we make homemade sourdough mm-hmm. we make meat stocks we make a chicken once a week so that we can have meat stock on a regular basis and those are just simple principles that like we don't think about mm-hmm. we're not like oh check the box like it's just natural to mm-hmm. us because we've kind of grown into those rhythms and i just think having the gaps understanding of like What's going on in your gut? First of all, do we even know which section of the gut we're talking about? The small intestine is like very specific. Um, I think that's just really helpful. You know what I, I feel like, and and this just goes out to anybody out there, and and I promise this will be my last plug for River. I just feel like because I was able to learn so much, and I'm in the game, right? I'm in the game, and I feel so even just talking to her just this way. I feel so inspired to further kind of like my education and understanding of the gaps protocol that I, like, I feel like we have to at least get on the $7 a month membership of mm-hmm. what she's doing, but that there are some basic things in life that we need to learn. There's, there is change your oil, do your taxes, you know, understanding finances, knowing how to, you know, cut the grass. I just like stuff that, that no one would argue like, Oh, you don't need to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Like you'll never use this. Like it may, you know, maybe someone could argue that, Hey, you never really no, need to know how to change your world because you can go. But like there was stuff, there, there's so many things in life that you need to know how to do. And I, I feel like, man, this just falls into one of those things. Mm-hmm. And to take a course or a class with a group of people or to even just watch YouTube videos 
follow someone like River that you can learn these sorts of things from? How to kind of manage the your physical health, your, the asset of your body in a way that is more calculated, mm-hmm. right? Hey, I'm going to I'm going to pull all the weeds from my garden and then I need to repair the damage. Mm-hmm. And then I need to reintroduce things that are going to or or introduce things that are going to regrow the healthy enzymes that I need in my gut, mm-hmm. right? Seriously, like that knowing how to do that and which food items and hey, may, maybe you cut these things out to start with. And then and then and then um after you've cut these things out, you need to introduce these sorts of food items. Well, it's like, how do you know what to do unless you look it up? And here's your chance. River, you know, you can look her up on our website. You can you can get into a group class. You could $7 a month. I would love to see, I would love to see like a whole <clears throat> family or a community. Like, because, you know, you find friendship through struggle. And I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's yeah. at least one pocket of people who are like, hey, we're all dealing with this thing. And for them to go to River and be like, all right, let's do it. I just think that would be and so I, And I'm saying cool. even if you're not dealing with something, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like one of those things where we should, we should know this. Yeah. Um, love it. I think it's fantastic. S- super into it. And uh, hey, any, any final thoughts? No, I, I mean, I knew this episode and this conversation was going to be really fun to have. Um, I love times where we can dial into an educational topic while still weaving in practical takeaways. Mm. So it's not just knowledge. You also got some equipping. And honestly, like you heard a story of a like beautiful, healthy family that walked through some really challenging yeah. health. And if we haven't heard, like that's a theme. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, we never intended for us to have so many reoccurring themes in this podcast, but that's what happens when you talk to people over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. every episode to me is um, just further confirmation that like, we're all in this together and we're headed to a good space. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I get energized by these times. I love it. And if you also speaking to the listener now got energized by this conversation, there is more for you from us. And you can find that by following us on Instagram. You can follow Elizabeth on Instagram by looking her up. Her handle is at homegrown underscore education. You can find me at Joey Hazelmeyer. You can find our resources, things that we've created to keep you in the game with real food. Hey, you know what? You've just you've just uh, done step one, which is you reached out to River and you figured out, hey, these are some ways that I can, you know, heal my gut health. And now you want to introduce some real foods. Boom. Real food curriculum. Get your kids in the game. Yeah. Get what's for dinner. Get uh, we got coloring books. We got. Uh, real food guides, everything from you know your your five six five and six year old all the way up to your thirteen fourteen year old all the way up to you. We've got stuff on there for you guys to get in the game and learn more. We believe that um, food education, real education, understanding real food is the key to food freedom. And uh, we're trying to we're trying to change you know change the way that uh, we that we do things here. So anything else? Mm -mm. Right on. That is a wrap.